You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back! My name is Guy Hasson and you are listening to Geekdom Empowers. Geekdom Empowers is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. Sometimes it's very experienced people, sometimes it's inexperienced people, but it is these people, it is us, who make up almost all of the geek world by talking to each person, by hearing their stories. Geek Them in Powers creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt of the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story, and together we are one story, one huge geekverse quilt. Today's guest is Serena Sanchez, creator of the indie Black Rhapsody comic book. Let's listen. What is your origin story? My origin story? Um, yeah. I got into yeah. comics or specific, more specifically manga at a young age during my middle school years. I had accidentally stumbled upon a manga called, a shoujo manga, which is a manga aimed at girls called Red River. It was a time travel story. I fell in love with the art first before the story. And since then, I've been wanting to read again to manga for a long time. Please. I started taking manga more seriously. Wait, you said again to manga? Can you spell that for me? Shoujo. Which, which uh, genre is shoujo? It's like usually like aimed at young girls. It usually has um, romance, drama, mm-hmm. a lot of male drama Fantasy, that science young fiction. girls like. like. Sure. It could be either or. Okay. It tends to have love triangles between one girl and two guys. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so I dropped your zone. So, you like manga. Yeah, and I started getting into wanting to write manga seriously about a couple of years ago during my final years of college mm-hmm. when I started seeing comic creators crowdfund their projects and being successful. And also with the push of my friends to want to take the um to want to take my uh, my story seriously which is how we got to Black Rhapsody. Okay, well, hold, hold, hold on. Stuff in the middle, right? Like, uh, how old that way yes. when you got to Black Rhapsody? Um, I started writing Black Rhapsody in my final two years of college. I was just okay. formulating well, ideas and messing around. Before we get to Black Rhapsody, so that's age 22. So what happened before that? How did you work on uh, drawing? Uh, find other fans what did you do i was mainly consuming a lot of different anime and manga during that time i didn't get into the writing of black rhapsody yet it was so like kind of formulating in my head mm-hmm. i'm trying i'm trying like i'm trying to to find you know the, the path you took. So you moved from uh, from reading it and liking it. And you didn't immediately move to creating it. 
what happened in the middle? What were the stages? Uh, first, it was me consuming my favorite genres of anime and manga, which is like core dark fantasy and okay. some mature oriented um, stories. And then I started like finding independent manga artists and storytellers online. What were they like? What What's the independent uh, manga like? Um, it's like some of the art wasn't very good, but the story ideas and writing was. For example, I think, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Clinic of Horrors was one that I found. It was basically like a horror, like a dystopian horror comedy about this very immature male doctor and uh, his deadpan nurse treating their patients with bizarre illnesses. And this, and each chapter always had like this really kind of mature yet kind of dark message. Like one was with a guy who wanted to be happy. He was just he had like such deep depression and was just constantly upset. And at the end of the chapter, he started taking happy pills, which kind of implies that he's going to be going through a living hell being happy. He's not going to be able to feel anything other than happiness. And the message there was the only person that can make you happy is you. Relying on pills or other medications is not going to like do it for you long term. So even then, though, yeah, go ahead. Oh, you can continue. Even though it, it wasn't as professional as most manga, which is what I got from you, it is. It was. It still touched you. It still. It was powerful. Yes. The message, the story, the art. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what other things did you find uh, powerful at the time in the independent manga uh, world? I wouldn't call this a manga, but it was more of a comic book that another like web comic I have found because this was during the time that I was consuming manga and Western comics. Mm-hmm. And the comic was called Sunstone. It's a mature er erotic comic by an art and by an artist that I've been following since high school. What's his name? Oh, her name. By uh, his name is 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 a Cor is a Croatian name, so I'm gonna like butcher it. Stepan Sajic. Have you ever heard of him? No. He's from Croatia. Yeah. Okay. And what did you write about? What did you draw about? What, what's his story? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, he tends to draw a lot of like not safe for work and risque stuff. So okay. Sunstone was basically a comic about, keep in mind at this point I was an adult, so I could read it. Uh, 
it, it was about it was basically uh less about people within the BSM community, but it's centered around this the growing romantic relationship between these two women, Allie and Lisa. And what made me love the comic was how he was able to write the characters in their relationship. He wrote in such a realistic and believable way. And that accompanied with the art made me fall in love with the comic. Cause he, he, if you were to look up Sajek's art, it is beautiful. Like you would think that you was looking at a self portrait of a real person Amazing. Okay. I look it up. I look him up. Um, he wrote a lot of comics. Which no way he was he did the art of Witchblade. I think Sunstone was one of his first creator owned independent properties. Mm-hmm. He also has other IPs, but keep in mind most of them are like adult oriented. So another one was The Queen and the Woodborn, which is like a fantasy, like a medieval fantasy with a lot of like Eastern European lore, which is also another like romance-oriented comic. Another is Fine Print, which is ero- another like urban fantasy erotic comic. He mm-hmm. likes his erotica. Sure. Yeah, but it was mainly the art that drew. Because even when the story wasn't that good, it was like the art held my attention. And uh, he he did some Witchblade, which means Witchblade is Top Cow, right? So he did. I mean, yes, he did American comics. So. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, that's great. Who else uh, did you follow at the time? Other than, I didn't really follow a lot of like comic creators back then. I mean, I kind of did, but I wasn't like fans of their work mm-hmm. because I also follow people like. Are you familiar with Ethan Van Skyver? Say it again, Ethan. Sorry. Ethan Van Skyver. No. What, what did he do? He, he's a former DC artist and storyteller. He is largely known for his, his property, Cyberfrog. He has really great art, like super detailed. And I'm willing to admit he wasn't the best artist, but he, is, he wasn't the best writer, but he was a good artist. Okay. Cool. Do you have... Other cool names for uh, for me and the listeners? Stuff you like? Um, Stuff you like? I'm, wait, I'm thinking. Uh, a manga currently reading is Murcielago. Murcielago, which is Spanish for that, is basically take Dexter, but make it a female lesbian former serial killer that works for the police. Female, lesbian, what's the other one? Former serial killer, okay. Okay. And it's just, it's good. 
I'm not gonna lie, it is kind of good. Because she she knows how to outsmart some of these um criminals and killers, because she is one herself. Yeah. And so I'm going to check that out too. Uh, so I'm kind of getting to see your taste uh, in things. Um, were there other people around you with the same taste? As you do college? No, it was very hard to find people with similar taste to me because I tend to like really dark stuff really messed up um, stories. Are you part of a community that's creating uh, manga or stuff like that, or part of a community that follows you for the stuff that you create? Um, for the second, I'm just now accumulating like people that are interested in, in Black Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. I have been in the past, your first question, I have been in the past a part of communities that were manga and anime oriented. But I kind of fell out. I kind of lost interest because a lot of the manga and anime that they were interested in wasn't wasn't something that I would like personally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now let's get to uh, to your comic book. What is it about? Yes. How did it begin? Black Rhapsody is about the thirty-five page plus horror, cult thriller, manga, manga-esque manga, manga comic book, sorry, about musical magical girls named after mythological goddesses of lore in an uphill fight against a Lovecraftian pop star and evil cult. Mm -hmm. Said Lovecraftian pop star is based on uh, Beyonce Knowles. So it's magical girls versus Beyonce. So Beyonce is in the comic book. Uh, a Beyonce allegory. I want to get sued. Yeah. Do you know what what's what the story is? Yes, I plan on making it. I have an ending in mind. I plan on making it an ongoing series, like most manga nowadays. I do have plans and story arcs in mind. Because I think different stories will be tackling different like celebrities. So the first arc is going to focus on Beyonce. I might have one that's focused on Kanye or, that, or a god based off of Kanye West. No promises though. Sure. That can change. So you're trying to find an audience. You're trying to do a Kickstarter. Or what is that you're trying to do? I plan to crowdfund it on Kicks, not in a Kickstarter, Indiegogo. And how are you finding people? Um, I'm in going into comic. I'm I'm in accumulating an audience mainly through YouTube and Twitter, especially Twitter. I've been going into a lot of art shares, showcasing the art from my artists, as well as um, tabletop RPG communities, which really, really do love my comic concept. Interesting. Okay. So I've been trying like to advertise outside of the comic and art community recently, because I noticed there is an audience there for like tabletop uh, cosplay and other stuff, which was surprising to me. Hmm. 
Okay, and how are you getting into, are you advertising? Are you talking to them? What are you doing? I'm advertising the book to them through like, let's say a self-promo, Saturday self-promo posts, art share posts, um, Indiegogo posts, basically mainly pr promo, promotion posts and wireless that I see on Twitter, I will post it there. And how's that been going? Are you getting like some traction? Are people responding to that? Yes. Yes, I have accumulated um, 530 plus signups. The first stars that I have on the book is Jan Apple. She is an experienced manga artist. Mm -hmm. My story is it's inspired by things like Madoka Magica, Berserk, mangas like Madoka Magica, Berserk, with a dash of Jim and the Holograms thrown in. So explain what that is, it's, Madoka it's, Magica for someone. Madoka Magica is basically, Madoka Magica is like a dark magical girl anime. It's probably one of the most well-known dark magical girl anime that deconstructs the genre. Like what would happen if be, becoming a magical girl didn't turn out the way you want? Mm -hmm. It actually made your life worse than actually improving it as, as opposed to how other magical girl series kind of pick being a magical girl as this greatest thing possible. What if there was weight to it? What if there was consequences to it? Okay. That's basically what Madoka Magic is about. It's interesting. So it's Madoka Magica and cause of this and Berserk. What's again? What for people who don't know? What's Berserk? Berserk is probably one of the most famous dark fantasy mangas out there. It is about the adventures of Guts, the Black Swordsman, and his hunt to his hunt for the apostles, which are basically these demon lords. Is probably considered to be one of the best, like, uh, out there. It, it was done by recent uh, Kintaro Miura, who recently passed away and was unfortunately unable to complete the series. But he did leave it up to, we're assuming he left it up to apprentices to finish the series for him. Okay. What? What? He died. Yeah, he uh, he died last year. And, he left and the series was who know what his plan was. Yes, it was believed that he had given them an outline of how he wanted the series to end, mm. which I think is in approaching that. Okay, that's interesting. And you are a mesh of those things. Yes, with a bit of Jim and the Holograms thrown in. If you know anything about Jim and the Holograms, is this 80s property about like a girl group, a girl band. Mm -hmm. But but it's more towards the uh, the comic book modern adaptation of Jim and the Holograms as as a as opposed to the uh, cartoon. The Remember, 80s cartoon. An 80s cartoon that wasn't at all manga. Just a regular kind of Barbie-like uh, yeah. cartoon. 
yeah, it's, it's not all manga. I do have some Western influences in Black Rhapsody. Okay. And where can people find stuff about Black Rhapsody? Uh, you can find more about Black Rhapsody at my Twitter account at Magic Owl Media, where I post updates and discussions about the book. I plan to launch the the um, Indiegogo campaign April 29th. Most of my updates and stuff are on Twitter. I do plan to expand outside of Twitter once my project becomes much more successful. Okay, how do you see this going? Like, what's what do you see? Is like, what do you see this four years from now, five years from now? Um, I, I was hoping that it would be very successful and going series, and I have accumulated a fan base around it. I also plan to do other stories outside of Black Rhapsody. The uh, all the girls, um, all the all, most of the characters in Black Rhapsody are female because this is a very female-oriented comic. Mm-hmm. They're all named after or inspired by mythological goddesses. So, for example, the main character Alethea Mahalia is this goth teen who is in, who is based off the music genre Ethereal Wave, which is a goth music genre. In order for me to to describe ethereal wave, I will have to compare it to like ghosts. It sounds like ghost singing, which is very appropriate given the fact that Alethea, her magical girl persona is based off the Greek goddess of ghosts, necromancy, witchcraft, and moon Hecate. Okay. So for a lot of the magical girls, and the villains, they're all based off of different gods and well, goddesses of lore, where is the Cthulhu mythos or a goddess of a different cultures? Because there are there are gonna be like girls of different cultures and different music genres from those cultures being depicted in the book. So what culture do you come from and is that culture included in the, uh, in the story? Um, I'm come from American cultures, but we don't have like. No, I mean, there's lots most of, most of our. My favorite culture. No, no, I'm saying there's lots of American cultures. Yes, there is lots of um, aspects to American culture, but I'm focusing on like pantheons, like different religious pantheons. So for America, it's more towards the Christian mythological culture that we have which will be referenced but won't be focused on in the book i see what, what i was actually trying to get was is of the myth uh, of the culture pantheon that you grew up on in like that belong to your parents or to their parents and stuff like that are those in the book? Um, I wouldn't say no, because I kind of grew up mainly on European, like, or European-inspired myths and stories that I was just due to what I was, what I had access to as a kid, because one of the first, like, 
like myths that got like cultural myths that got into was Greek, like everyone else. So for a while I was into like Greek like myths and lore before expanding out later on in life. Okay. okay. I one of my favorite Go ahead. One of my one of my favorite goddesses from Greek mythology, or at least one of the few that I actually like, was Hecate, Persephone, mainly many of the Catholic gods, because compared to the Olympians, they weren't they were a lot more likable compared to their like Olympian like brethren. Because mm. you know anything about Greek mythology, uh-huh. Zeus and Hera. They're the, oh gosh, they're not likable. Yeah. The school of semi-gods, yeah. I mean, there are other gods, but just has, because of the nature of Greek mythology, a lot of the other gods are not likable people. Like, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to find a Greek god that is not a total douche. Thank you so much to Serena Sanchez. The links to find her are in the show notes. Now, next time, because there's always a next time, always another geek in the waiting. Next time we dive into a world of futuristic fashion, which we've never done before. What do you think about this episode? Email me at guy.hasson, that's H-A-S-S-O-N, at geekdomeanpowers.com. Our website is geekdomeanpowers.com. Dot com on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, we're at Geekdomin Powers and on YouTube, search for Geekdomin Powers. If you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, that's an experiment in epic fantasy where we follow Joy Shelley, the girl who lives in her father's dreams from birth to death, and we look at her entire life. Feel free to check it out, The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time, and for now, have an empowered day.